Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. This is a replay episode with the acclaimed director, actor and writer Greta Gerwig. It was recorded back in 2018 and we spoke about the release of her debut film Lady Bird, which I loved, and Life is a Multi-Hyphenate. It was so fun meeting Greta in person and obviously I can't wait for her movie Barbie, which comes out soon. Hope you enjoy this little trip down memory lane. My favourite film is Frances Ha. Oh, my yes, new favourite film you. is Lady Bird. <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, I just wanted to thank you, first of all, because that was the first film that I'd seen female friendship mm. in a really raw, real way. Thank you. And then Lady Bird as well. I know that's not like the main plot of the film, but I cried so much with those friendship scenes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I the two actresses, uh, Saoirse Ronan, who plays Lady Bird, and then Beanie Feldstein, who plays her best friend. Beanie Feldstein is like, oh, she's a dream. She she and Saoirse, it's so funny. I, I, I mean, I cried watching my actors through lots lots of parts of the movies but I cried even watching them have fun together mm. because they really did become really good friends and when they're cracking each other up they're genuinely cracking each other up and I felt this sort of overwhelming thing of like this is so rare to watch two women genuinely laugh mm. not pretend to laugh or not try to look cute while they're laughing yeah. but just really crack each other up people always say oh you must do so many interviews you must be so tired of talking about it and it's like no, I mean, this film, I, I, I've worked on it for years. Um, so many people put their heart and soul into it. And I don't know that I'm ever going to get tired of, of, of talking about it. It's, it's, not, it's not something where I want to hang up the towel and say, like, I'm done. I, I, I really, it's talking to people, especially, you know, as it's expanded and different parts of the world it's it's amazing it's amazing that it connects to people who you know have no idea what sacramento is have never been there mm. like that 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 they can still find themselves in it that's what i think cinema is so does so extraordinarily and i never have that feeling of like Ugh. <laughs> i never <laughs> i never feel that also i just wanted to see it again immediately when it was finished because yes. there were the small moments the, the line about how you know our cell phones are surveillance and yeah. you know it'll mm-hmm, be our brains mm-hmm, next mm-hmm. i got such a good laugh those moments were really fun for me because it's such a throwback yeah such a throwback yeah the it was funny the the guy who plays um Kyle uh is it this actor Timothy Chalamet who's so extraordinary he's also in this film Call Me By Your Name which is getting a lot of love and it's so good and he's so good Uh, but he I remember when he was I cast him and we were talking about the part and he was sort of saying well like is Kyle a bit stupid? And I was like, no, Kyle's really smart and he was like, well, but he says all this stuff that's sort of ridiculous and I was like it might be a little ridiculous, but actually he, he does kind of know what he's talking about. And he was like, well, I don't know what you mean. So then I gave him all these books that were things that I had read and really liked about, like, the emergence of the Internet and the surveillance state mm-hmm. and, um, you know, people's history of the United States and, and these sort of these books that had meant a lot to me that refigured history and looked at our use of technology and... I gave them to him and he, he flipped through them and then he, he came back and he said, whose notes are in the <laughs> margins? Who underlined these books? And I was like, oh, they're my books. I did that. And he was like, whoa, you're really into this. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I that that's true. And he said people will think people will watch this movie and think you're Ladybird, but actually you're Kyle. Yeah. You're actually a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I was like, no. I mean, clearly there are surveillance devices. I love <laughs> um, that. I but it but I do. I think I'm always interested in moments when technology or or anything that's emerging isn't quite there yet um i think it's a fascinating moment and i think it gets lost as well because he's like it's 2003 isn't it so he's like predicting mm-hmm. and we're all there in 2017 like yeah yeah that's gonna weird. happen but you're not on social media yourself are you no i'm not i'm not on any social media it's probably because i'm kyle <laughs> <laughs> was um, it meant to be funny though that you know that bit where she walks out and he's reading a book it's hilarious yes, yes that's meant him to be with funny. a book yeah. I know, just me in a book. Like <laughs> I'm the guy reading the book at the party. Oh, that's so. That's the cool guy now, though. Well, it always yeah. was in well, my eyes. I mean, to a certain kind of girl, that was the cool guy. Yeah. I mean, any guy who just like read a bunch of things and told you you were wrong was really exciting. Mm. I learned that there's a word for this now. Somebody told me negging. Have oh you heard this? yeah, negging. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know. I mean, this is why I. If you if you're not on Twitter, you don't know the cool new lingo. <laughs> but like all my favorite writers, you included, aren't on it. So I'm thinking, maybe I. <laughs> should follow in your footsteps no, because I, I mean I think it's an amazing tool and I think it's it's something that's really like connected people and facilitated interesting conversations and and I think it's it's a wonderful thing I mean I personally am not on it because I felt like every time I mean when I was in college Facebook started and I was on Facebook for about six months um I found it very stressful because it felt like I was creating this image of myself that may or may not have been actually true Mm. like this idea this attempt to look cool or something not like here's me with all my friends but like there was a section at the beginning of facebook where you like list what are your favorite books and what are your favorite movies and music and it was this sort of desperate attempt to seem really smart and well informed and i felt like it was a little bit of a lie and Anyway, I deleted it because I was like, God, this is just stressful. And then as I went on as an actor and a writer and now when I'm doing this, at different points, people have said to me, like publicists or someone has said, you have to get on Twitter or Instagram for your career. And I, I, for me, I was like, but if I do it for my career, it wouldn't be genuine. Like there are people who are genuinely, you know, it, that, that that's that's a medium that makes sense to them it's something it's a way they like to have conversations it's a way that they like to interact with the world and it's and it works because it's genuine for them for me if it was just a cynical thing if i was just like well this is for my career then it it, it would be it, it wouldn't work mm. i i think i think people would be like no she's just a poser she's not really this is not really, really her <laughs> yeah or it's like this is kind of like awkward and a little bit nerdy or something like it it wouldn't feel just natural for me so I feel Mm -hmm. like the thing is it's not that I'm opposed to it it's more just like you got to do what feels right to you (laughs) and it just never felt right to me and it's like if it did I would have already done it and I'm not going to start doing it now because it's a good career move Mm -hmm. and when I think when younger people ask for advice in career you know career advice and they're saying should I be on it I I always say that to them I'm like if you want to be you should do it but if you don't know what you want to say 
maybe it's not right for you. Maybe it's not right for you. But I mean, there's like, I there's certainly like, you know, there are people, there are amazing photographers who have accounts on like Instagram who, or, you know, cinematographers too, or, or people who just, you know, they, they get excited about using it in some creative way that's, um, that's, that's really, that's really speaks to them and, and that's real for them. But if not, just, you don't have to do it. Yeah. Do you still get distractions though? Because I, I last night we the Q and A million distractions. When you were saying that you overwrite, I thought that was so interesting. Like uh. kind of just the three hundred and fifty pages yeah. kind of craziness, and then and then this genius thing at the end of it. If it's not Twitter, is there anything that? you find distracting oh well i can fall into an internet k-hole just as well <laughs> as the next person i mean i'll get like obsessed with bears or something and i need to know everything about bears and like what kind of bears like do all bears hibernate or do only some bears hibernate like how do bears give birth do bears have teats i'm not sure like i go into i i get kind of crazy about certain subjects so like for me the internet even not being on these social media platforms i is just the most distracting place for me also a really interesting place but very distracting and also i can be distracted just by literally anything at all in my apartment or in the world i spend an awful lot of time just wasting time when i'm supposed to be writing and it's taken me a long time to accept that that's just part of it and to not go into a um, a shame spiral of self-loathing where you hate yourself for wasting time, then you hate yourself for hating yourself for wasting time, then you hate yourself again, then you waste more time, and then you can't start now because you got to hate yourself more, <laughs> and then you're just in this crazy thing. And that that's the thing that really stops you. It's like, you're going to waste time. If you're working on anything creative, it's going to, you're going to have time wasting things. And I think there's a sort of cultural myth of an artist who's just relentlessly working and maybe those artists exist. I have never met them. Mm. I have 100% never met those people. Most people I know who make art spend some time that they're wasting. I guess, I mean, I just went to the Modigliani exhibit at the Tate. And there was a bunch of like little placards that said like Modigliani would work for hours and hours and never stop. And I was like, but he was addicted <laughs> to absinthe. I'm pretty sure there were some moments where he didn't do it. Yeah, and of course, getting out of the house is is crucial to the yeah, kind of, of course and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, he was hanging out with a bunch of ladies in Paris and drinking and partying. And I, it's like. I don't know that he was just nose to the grindstone yeah. the whole time. That's that's not what was going on. Also, how do we know that? Because I feel like there was no surveillance of his, you know, there's yeah. no social media back then. So I know. People, maybe people romanticize it a little bit. Yeah. And I also think it's sort of like, like I'm very, I'm very aware. I try to be very honest about like, it takes me a long time to write. And I try to be honest about being lazy. I try to on- be honest about like, you know, writing a 350 page script and then trying to cut it down because... I do not want to perpetuate the myth that it's just uh, that I'm a superior being. I am not a superior being. <laughs> I do not have gifts that are outside of um, the, the the realm of just you know a normal ability to work. I'm super distractible. I'm can be really lazy, um, and I've gotten through by some combination of you know hard work and luck and different things, but. I think there's a lot of myth making around what it means to be a writer and I I I, I think I want to dismantle some of it because um I don't know that it's helping people who want to write. Even that. like the idea of like people who talk about 
um, I'll write for hours and hours and I'll look up and it's eight hours later and I'm like, yeah, that's never, that's never happened to me. I've never been like, oh, the whole day. It's like people are like, oh, you know, I'm always forgetting to eat. I was like, I've never <laughs> once forgotten to eat. That's not, that, that's not an issue I've ever had. Um, so I don't know where these people are who write for eight hours and don't notice or forget to eat, but I'm not them and, and I think most people aren't. I, I'm saying all this, and while I'm saying it, I'm thinking, I'm sure there are exceptions to this, and I'm sure that there are people who do write for eight hours and don't notice. I'm just, I just don't do it. It's a really nice message to say, can, you can do it, but whatever way you want to do it. Whatever way you want to do it. And it's also like, yeah, there are moments of transcendent inspiration where you're like, I don't know where that came from, and it was so wonderful. But a lot of it's just a slog. And another thing I think is important to keep in mind if any of you out there want to be writers, um, it is not necessary that you feel good about what you're doing at all points for it to be actually good. Like sometimes you'll feel like what you're working on is basically shit and then, but you'll keep plugging away at it and you'll get through it. And, uh, and it's, and it's, and it's good. Um, you don't have to feel like it's brilliant at all times. You don't have to feel like, God, I've really solved it. You can just sort of get from point A to point B to point C. You can allow it to be boring and you can allow it to be kind of just drudgery. And and, and it doesn't mean because you're not, you know, high on inspiration. Mm. It's it's It doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah. Oh, I needed to hear that because I'm in the middle of a like a slump. Oh, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. you're speaking directly no, to me right I now. Have so. a, I have a little note uh, note that I put up on my bulletin board um, with the intention that I would write at a desk. I never end up writing at a desk. I always end up laying on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but on my bulletin board, um, um, it's a note that says you're allowed to be boring. Because I think sometimes there's this need to like entertain or dazzle when you're yeah. writing, and it's like, no, you're allowed to be boring. Like, write the most boring version of this, mm-hmm. and like, it can free you to actually find what's interesting about a character or about a scene because you've let yourself stop trying to entertain everybody all the time. Yeah, there's and, nothing wrong with like a one out of ten day. Of, yeah, because I yeah. feel like every day has to be like. Instagram worthy perfection, but it's no, not the case. It's okay. You can be, you can be boring. It's a coincidence, but a lot of mm-hmm. my guests are kind of like these amazing people who have so many different things going on. Mm. Um, I'm actually writing a book on, um, it's called The Multi-Hyphen Method, and it's mm. about um, mm. like saying no to basically being one one thing. Yeah, it's, it's for everyone, but I think there's like a gendered thing on it slightly just because I yeah. think people want to put like women in boxes and be like, mm-hmm. what do you mm-hmm. do? Mm-hmm. Do you, I feel like you're, it's like Nora Ephron is like, and you, yeah. you can't sum up really what you do right. easily. Right. Do you feel like people were slightly like but you're an actor but you're this but you're that or do you think it's have you felt like people have just been like oh you're loads of things it's it's funny like a a lot of people say like if you had to choose like if you had to choose one writing acting or directing and I was like must I must I choose must Mm -hmm. we must we make this a requirement um I, I I told people I wanted to direct before I directed because I wanted to um I wanted in some ways to be able to talk to people about about directing and I wanted to and you have to sort of bravely say like I'd like to do that and then um, and people are very 
very open and very helpful. And I think something, you know, that is interesting about art- artistic life is um, you would think that people were competitive, but actually people are just supportive of each other because they know, A, how hard it is to make a movie, and B, everybody's on their own magical mystery tour. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm going to make someone else's film or they're going to make my film. That just doesn't happen. So, it, And it's a pretty solitary endeavor, too, for, for lots of chunks of it. So being able to talk to someone else about how to make something, is, it's, mm-hmm. it's really super fun. Um, so I, I was open about wanting to direct, but I was nervous, not about talking to other artists about it, but um, honestly, I was nervous about saying it to like the press or like uh, an article written or something because I thought, oh God, they're just gonna make fun of me or something. I thought like, oh yeah, I'm like an actress who wants to direct and like that it would somehow be seen as like a not serious minded endeavor. So I was sort of sensitive to that. And that's a silly sensitivity to have because it's not, there's nothing, I mean, you either do it or you don't. You don't have to worry what people think mm-hmm. about it. About it. But um, I felt like, yeah, there, you know, there was a bit of like uh, feeling like I wanted to be so prepared and so ready to do this because I so didn't want to give people a reason to think that I was unserious or something. Mm. You know, I, I still wanted to be like, I have a right to be here. And, um, yeah. you know, and maybe it's over- overcompensating. The irony of that as well is probably like, there's going to be so many people that go and see Ladybird and they just know you as... A you director? Know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they'll never know no, another no, version. No. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's really funny. It's like a really... Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 odd though this this desire. I think you're right. Um, I do see more women who are hyphenates. Um, there are men who are hyphenates too, but I do think it's a very common thread. Mm. And also, you know, even women I think about like that you associate with one thing more. Like uh, Natalie Portman is uh, also a director and a writer, and she's written for you know the New York Times, and she's written screenplays, and she directed a movie in. Hebrew, <laughs> mm, oh um, God, yeah. and and you know Rashida Jones is a is a writer and she's a producer and she's an actor and she's, uh, you know she's doing all these different things and we think of her as a more of an actor but she's actually doing all these other things too mm. and and she's you know she's she's pushing forward and I feel like I know so many women who are just kind of coming at it from all angles and I think some of that must have to do with the fact that there are some spaces that they feel like they haven't been accessible to women so they are like any way you will let me in <laughs> i will take it um and i think that's a it's a good thing even you look at someone like tv queen shonda rhimes mm. i mean she's how many shows is she, hit shows has she yeah. been responsible for in addition to writing books in mm. addition to you know being Shondaland. A Shondaland. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she's technically this and a like producer. Yeah. And a, a business yeah. publisher. Yeah. All the, all the things. All the things. Mm-hmm. And like, um, there's nothing singular about, like, which, or, you know, there's nothing, not, I mean, it's, it's a singular voice, but there's nothing sort of monolithic about it. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a this slash that slash mm-hmm. that. And I it think, makes the whole, like, you know, when you meet someone at a dinner party and they're like, I mean, people probably just know what you do, but if people ask you what you do, it's like clam up a little bit. I know. Lots of things. Well, I used to feel really embarrassed in general because, you know, 
if someone's at a dinner party says, what do you do? And you say, oh, I'm an actor. And then they look at you and you're like, and they say, well, would I have seen anything? <laughs> no. I mean, if you don't know, no, I guess you just answered that because you don't yeah. <laughs> so I think you just haven't. But um, Such a weird, weird reply to that. I know. Like, Anything I would have seen? I don't know what you've seen and you don't right. recognize me, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in a funny way, that's like a more um, insecurity of like my like early 20s too. just, I mean, I think everything in your, I think the old, in general, the older you get, the better you feel, mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as I can tell. I feel better <laughs> at 34 than I felt at 24 and I felt better at 24 than I did at 14. Mm-hmm. I've never felt better than I did at 10, but, you know, mm. maybe I'll get that way at 80 again. <laughs> it was so nice to see you and um, Sasha kind of clearly so close last I night know. as well. And I think she called you like the mother hen or something. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm a bit yeah. of a mother. It's so funny, whenever we do these Q&As or we, we do interviews together, we always find it, we're, we're, we're always holding hands. And then we look over at each other and we're like, we've been holding hands for the past <laughs> 10 minutes. It's um, nice. But I just, I mean, I adore her. I just, she's, um, she's such a, she's such a gifted young woman. She's such a, she's such a light and she's such a artist and a storyteller. And I, I was so lucky that I got to work with her and I, um, and, and, and she's not, she's not, she's got no attitude. You know, mm-hmm. she's just a real hardworking actor who has such respect for the craft, but also approaches it in this very workmanlike way. And I, I just, uh, I have nothing but extreme admiration for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I rewatched Atonement recently. <gasps> I know. I she just, had it from the very oh beginning. Oh, God. I know. Amazing. Because that's like one of my favorite I, books. And yeah. You're just, how old is she in that? Maybe like 13? A, or yeah, 12. 12. 12 yeah. Just... She's extraordinary. Yeah. I, I actually, um, when I was going to Telluride where the film premiered, I was on the flight with Joe Wright, who directed Atonement, Atonement oh, and wow. he had um, Darkest Hour, the, his movie with um, Gary Oldman, and about Winston Churchill. But he, we, you know, we, he said, oh, I'm, I'm Joe. And we, I was like, I'm Greta. And I was like, oh, I love, you know, your movies. And then we talked about Search, and he was like, she was always like that. Wow. From the time she was a little girl, it was. He said it was just totally uncanny. Mm-hmm. She's always had that in her, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I just felt so lucky that she was in my film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. I always ask this at the end of every episode. Um, mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to next year? Looking forward to um, Ava DuVernay's *Wrinkle in Time*. Yes, right. That, was that book was in, I think, like March, April, something like that. Amazing. I had, I loved that book so much when I was a kid. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, yes, please sign me up. I can't wait. This is perfect. I love yeah. Mindy Kaling. I love Reese Witherspoon and I love Oprah. And I love little girls who do physics. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it made me really, really happy to see that trailer. I'm psyched for that. Um, I'm really excited for um, taking a trip with my girlfriends um, mm-hmm. in April. We go on these sort of lady trips. <laughs> I don't know, um, lady vacations. Um, it, it involves a rented minivan every time and a house that's uh, okay. that my friend Sarah cooks. And um, 
uh, Anna sings karaoke and Molly takes care of all of us and Gabby is uh, delightful and my friend Serena just had a baby and she's going to bring the baby so it's like it's our coven I don't know it's our our witch time and then I'm excited to um, I'm I'm writing something that I'm going to direct but before I direct again I'm going to be in a movie directed by Mia Hansen Love uh, who's a French director who I really adore and um that will be shot on the island that Ingmar Bergman lived on uh, wow. in July. So those oh are the things. God. So those are the things I'm looking forward to: Ava DuVernay's *Wrinkle in Time*, *Lady Trip*, and movie on Bergman Island with Mia Hansen Love. Oh, amazing! Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. That's nice like to one talk of my to you. Episodes. Thank